We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling results journal developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Chuchuk. I am your host, and this is Results Radio. Welcome back. We are here to inspire, inform, and connect, as you know. And every, every event, every episode, we bring you the very best. And today is no exception. If you haven't yet, go to our website at yourresultsradio.com. Get yourself a copy of the Results Journal. It is designed to help you achieve more and collapse timeframes while doing it. So a very special guest, as always, somewhere around 32 years ago, Dr. Ivan Meisner founded BNI. Today, BNI has over 8,000 chapters worldwide, and this is incredible. In 2015, BNI members generated more than $11.1 billion in closed business. That's incredible. Dr. Meisner is a New York Times bestselling author who's written an astounding 21 books. He's a world-renowned speaker. He's been featured, well, nearly everywhere, MSNBC, CNN, uh, BBC, NBC, the list goes on. He is the leading expert on business networking. He's been called a couple of things. One, the father of modern networking, and two, one of the top networking experts to watch. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Thank you, Sean, and please call me Ivan. Thank you, Ivan. I appreciate you being here today. We've got a ton of people listening to this right now, both in our and the Change Results community and a ton of others. There are a ton of downloads. So this is, for me, uh, about somewhere around 400 people a day are listening to this, which is, quite frankly, very humbling for a farm kid like me. But (laughs) I want to ask you a question. You've built something really incredible. You have connected people all over the world who do, obviously, billions of dollars in business as a result of your something you created over three decades ago. What motivated you to to start BNI? So, look, I think BNI is a perfect example of necessity being the mother of invention. Um, I was never taught networking in school. Uh, you know, I have a uh, master's degree, doctoral degree, and they didn't teach anything about networking. And so I got out into the real world and I desperately needed referrals for my consulting business. And so I put together people who I knew and trusted and I formed a structure and a system and was really shocked that other people had the same problem I had. I, I mean, I was pretty young when I uh, started my consulting business. I was uh, 28 when I started BNI, and and I thought uh, everybody had this networking thing figured out, and they didn't. And as soon as I discovered that, uh, I realized that, that this is something that um, struck a chord in the business community, and that, that it could someday be national or or maybe even international. We now have, as you said, over 8,000 chapters, 8,034 as of yesterday morning, uh, in 73 countries around the world. That's incredible. 
So I get the opportunity to, and I'm very privileged to work with, uh, literally I have thousands of people over the last uh, almost two and a half decades. And one of the things that you know, I've taught and spoken about all over North America and beyond sometimes is um, you know, how business is built. And a lot of folks, when they come from a traditional JLB, building a network or, um, how shall I say, tapping into that, their sphere of influence um, is not something that any of us, I think, learned in school, no matter you know, how long you stayed in the classroom. Um, how do we take somebody who wants to become that entrepreneur and teach them how important it is to build those strong, powerful, productive relationships? Well, first of all, I think it's really important to understand a concept that I call the networking disconnect. And so because people aren't taught networking in school, they go out and confuse networking with face-to-face cold calling. They go to networking meetings, they walk around, they say, hi, Sean, my name's Ivan, let's do business. Here's a couple of my cards. Maybe you can refer me to people you know. And it almost comes across as desperate, and desperation is not referable. Uh, A number of years ago, I was in London and I was speaking to almost a thousand people. And I asked the audience, I said, how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly sell something? It was an all day event. And uh, Sean, I'm not kidding. Almost a thousand people raised their hands. I said, great, thanks. Uh, Second question, how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe possibly buy something? No one raised their hands. Of course. (laughs) Not one single person. This is what I call the networking disconnect. People show up at networking events wanting to sell, but nobody is there to buy. And it's one of the reasons why people go to networking events and come, come back home uh, feeling like they need a shower. <laughs> you know, because was just, they were just bombarded with, uh, with people trying to sell to them. That's not the way to network effectively. So what is? I believe that three letters are the core of the foundation of everything I teach. And those three letters are VCP. Stands for visibility, credibility, profitability. That is why you network. First, you have to create visibility where people know who you are and what you do. Then you have to create credibility where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at it. And this is the part that takes the longest, is the credibility. Finally, you get to profitability where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at it, and they're willing to pass you referrals. That, my friend, is why you network. You want to work through the VCP process, not use networking as a face-to-face cold calling opportunity. And very few people get that until someone teaches them that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. What do you say to the people that say to you, I, I, I just can't do it. You know, I, I can't go out and shake hands. I can't sit around that table. I can't stand up and introduce myself. Well, what do you say to those folks? Well, why can't they? Is it because they don't have the time or because they don't, uh, they're, they're an introvert? They're two like completely the, different like answers. Okay, so an introvert. Uh, here's what I would say to an introvert. You are perfect for networking you actually have better networking skills than an extrovert. And this sounds completely counterintuitive, but it is absolutely positively true, and I can show you evidence of it. I just did a survey of over 3,400 people all around the world asking them what uh, are the great characteristics of a, a, a networker. And more of the top five traits apply to introverts than extroverts. For example, the number one trait of a great networker based on the survey I did globally, is a good listener. Extroverts, unless they train themselves, are inherently not good listeners. They're horrible listeners. You know, they love to talk. And what's their favorite subject? 
themselves, right? And so we assume that an extrovert is a great networker, but extroverts can be great salespeople, but they're not necessarily great networker. A great networker has two ears and one mouth and should use them both proportionately. So extrovert- I like that. Yeah, and it's really true. So extroverts can be great at networking if they've learned how to listen. What they're great at is meeting people. So if they, if they take that strength and then, and then work on the weakness of listening and learn how to listen, learn active listening, learn how to ask questions, then they can be great at networking. Introverts, if they can learn how to meet people effectively, and there's some simple techniques to use to meet people effectively, if you can learn that, the rest, you're home free. Introverts are actually inherently better networkers. By the way, the bottom five characteristics of um, the, the, the survey that we did Four out of the bottom five characteristics would apply to an extrovert, not an introvert. If, if you want to see that, go to my blog at IvanMeisner.com. Go back uh, a, a little ways or, or do a search on uh, uh, greatest skills, best skills, and least effective skills, and you'll find uh, those two surveys. I, I did one blog on the top five and the, one blog on the bottom five. That's really good information. I love that uh, you've you've backed it up with uh, you know with with essentially a survey with research, and that's incredible. And there's a lot of folks out there, even in our community, that are listening. I think that that's really gonna that's really gonna touch a nerve in a good way for them. What do you find? Someone goes to you know they're networking, they're building their their business. Maybe they just started. They they've jumped out of that traditional job and they're building their business and they're doing those things they need to do. Where do they fall down? What's that, what's that point where they're maybe networking, maybe even doing BNI, and then all of a sudden it's not happening for them? What's that yeah. point? What, what are they doing or not doing, perhaps? Well, the first thing is that they're, uh, like I said, they're, they're um, using it as a face-to-face cold calling uh, approach, and that doesn't work. That's number one. But there are other things. Um, the, the second thing you have to remember in this is that networking is more about farming than it is about hunting, that it's about cultivating relationships with other people. So think about your best friends because um, getting referrals, people give you referrals who know you, like you, and trust you. You have to get to the, to the strong credibility phase to get ongoing referrals. And so that takes time. Think about your best friends. How long did it take to become good friends with them? A week, a month, three months? People, you know, they join a networking group. They're in three months, four months, six months, and they're not getting as many referrals as they want and they quit. Hello, what are you thinking? This is about relationships, and it takes way more than six months. We have found that people in BNI just start to generate, uh, a, it depends on the profession they're in, but start to generate a lot of referrals or really good referrals at one year. I have a photograph from a BNI member who, who sent me a photo of four years of his referral slips. Each year, more than doubles. So that four years, it's, it's you know, a multiple larger, the stack, it's actually stacks of referrals. And it just shows the straight line up that the longer he is, was in or is in, the more referrals he gets. So you got to give it time. And I think that's one of the things that people don't understand is that it takes time to get referrals. Yeah, I think, and of course, there's always a timeline to building as well. We're going to take a break in just a moment. My name is Sean Chuchak. This is Results Radio, and today we've got the incredible Dr. Ivan Meisner with us. Stay with us. We'll be right back. November 10th, 11th, and 12th, 2017 is going to change the way you see entrepreneurship, business, and wealth forever. 
three days. World-renowned celebrity speakers and teachers. The best minds in the world. Mark it on your calendar. Here's a hint, it's all happening in sunny San Diego, California. Keep listening for more major surprises. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility, your brand launchpad, celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com. Welcome back. I'm Sean Chuchuk, and of course, this is Results Radio. Ivan, I've got a question for you. You've built something incredible. At the top of the show, we outlined you know, what you've done with BNI over the last few years. How did you do that? Most people start a business and they effectively buy themselves a job. They become a technician <laughs> and they, they're good at a plumber, they're good at being a consultant or whatever it is their area of specialty is, and they get stuck there and scalability tends to be something that, it, that eludes them or evades them. How do you yeah. take something like BNI and, and you know, blow it up like you did with, you know, over the course of a number of years around the world? Yeah. So there's a number of things. The first thing I'd recommend is, is to read a book by a really good friend of mine, Michael Gerber. He wrote a book called The, the E-Myth. And that's one of the first things I did in 1985-86. I read the book The E-Myth, The Entrepreneurial Myth. And there's a number of things that I picked up out of the book. And um, one of them is uh, learn how to work on your business, not in your business. Don't just be an expert at what you're, what you're doing making widgets, be an expert at running a business. Um, and for me, that included a number of things like creating systems, uh, writing everything down, making sure to set goals and reverse engineer those goals. And here's probably one of the most important, and nobody ever taught me this in business school. This, this isn't in the e-myth, but it's one of the things I learned. Nobody ever taught me this in school. Here it is. You want to be successful in business? Do six things a thousand times. Not a thousand things six times. Sean, so many people I meet are constantly chasing bright, shiny objects instead of doing what they know. They have mentors who have told them, do these things. They listen to shows like yours where people say, do these things. They maybe work with someone personally, a coach who says, do these things. So you know what things to do. But people are constantly looking for the, the magic bullet, something that will make it easier. Well, hello, the secret to success without hard work is still a secret. <laughs> it takes hard work. And the best way to get there, I believe, is to do six things a thousand times, not a thousand things six times. I got more if you want them, but those are a handful of things that I'd recommend that I, I, that I personally did to help scale my company. We, we literally took my business out of my garage to a global organization operating in more than 70 countries around the world. I love the advice. And of course, um, I've had the privilege to interview uh, Michael Gerber as well. And, you know, he talks about, as I alluded to a moment ago, you know, most folks uh, starting a business and to quote, doing, 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 and uh, basically buying themselves a job. Yeah. And, you know, the scalability eludes them, building a team eludes them because they're focused, you know, and I always say head down, ass up um, on the day-to-day -day <laughs> instead of scaling, right? I like it. And, 
That's a, that's a reality for most business people today in North America. Um, shed some light, if you would, why such a high number of so-called entrepreneurs, or as, as Michael Gerber would say, you know, technicians, go out of business in the first year. The stats are staggering. Uh, somewhere between eight and nine of them go out of business within 12 months. Why, why is that in your mind? Oh, I think because they either don't make a plan or they don't work the plan. So they'll make a plan. Uh, most business people don't really have a business plan. And if they do create it, then they don't work it. I think those are the two reasons uh, why. Uh, for example, when I started BNI, one of the first things I did was to create an organization chart for where I wanted to be five years from now. Not today, but five years from now. This is 1985. And that organization chart had like 15 or 20 boxes in it. And there was myself and one other person. <laughs> that was it back then. I had actually had two people working part-time, so they added up to one person. So I put everyone's name in the right box based on what they were doing. And I was in like 11 or 12 boxes, and they were in the other three or four. So it was Ivan Meisner, founder and president. Uh, Ivan Meisner, director of marketing. Ivan Meisner, complaint department. Ivan Meisner, janitor. Right. So I was in all of these different boxes and my uh, uh, other people were in uh, boxes. My goal over the next five years was to get out of all those boxes and to be in only one and to hire people to fill those spots. And I am excited to say that at five years, I had uh, I was no longer in any of those boxes. I did discover there were new boxes I hadn't thought of. And so I was still in more than one. But that's the kind of plan. You, that's the kind of visualization that you want. Then you've got to really set goals. And everybody says that, set goals, set goals. Everyone says that. But here's something that most people don't say. Reverse engineer your goals. You want to hit them? Reverse engineer them. So that means you've got a goal for five years from now. Where are you going to be at four years, three years, two years? Where are you going to be at the end of this year? Better yet, where are you going to be in November, in October, in September, in August? So you've got to get, you've got to know your numbers. No, no. I mean, really know your numbers. Most people don't really know your numbers. For example, I told you how many chapters that we had as of yesterday. I get a daily, not monthly, not weekly, a daily report on how many members we have and how many chapters we have every single day around the world. By the way, we have 222,533 members as of yesterday. That's the granularity that you need to know if you want to be working on your business instead of in it. So you can't make an informed decision without having the data. That's correct. It's absolutely correct. And, and, you know, oftentimes people say, I'm really worried about making a bad decision. I say, don't worry about making a bad decision. You will. It's inevitable. The key is to get as much information as you possibly can. And when you realize you've made a bad decision, fix it as soon as possible. Throw yourself on the sword. Uh, explain that uh, you made a decision based on the information you had. And, and uh, now you're going to change that based on the new information. And most people will respect you for that. Lord knows I've made plenty of mistakes in my 32 years in BNI. And uh, I've worked through most of them by, by pleading guilty and moving forward. Haven't we all made a couple? Speaking yeah. of that, let's go back to 1985. Yeah. If you could go back to 1985, knowing what you know today, what would you do differently with BNI? Well, the list is so large, I don't know where I would begin. <laughs> um, I mean, there's just there's so many things. But, you know, the key is knowing what you know now. That is the key. Um, when, you know, when people ask me, do you have any regrets? I always say no, because I, uh, as long as you're following your values, you're going to make mistakes and those mistakes teach you. Uh, how to be a better business person. So I think, 
you know, have you ever watched watched the Mythbusters? Yes. Okay, there's a great saying in there that I, I really like. For those of you who are not in North America, it's a, it's a TV show. And there's a great saying on there, I reject your reality and substitute my own. And so I reject your question to some extent, Sean, because I think our mistakes are what make us who we are. And so I love, I love, I love how you put that. And, and it's interesting. I've asked that question a ton of times and the, the responses vary. Um, and people have asked me, of course, I've been interviewed a ton of times over the last, I don't know, 15 or 20 years. And, uh, you know, they'll ask me that question, do you have any regrets, Sean? And I, my answer, just like yours is no, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't be able to serve and support the people I'm blessed to on a daily basis if I didn't have those experiences and failures for that right. matter. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, there are things I do differently knowing what I know, but you you have to learn by doing. And so you make mistakes by doing. I I don't think that I would know as well uh, as I do if I hadn't made the mistakes. I mean, for example, um, I don't know if you have children, I have children, you know, I, I try to tell them what what works or doesn't work. But the truth is, they, they know it intellectually, but they got to learn it for themselves. And it's the same with business people. Sometimes they have to learn it for themselves. And so it's those mistakes that make us stronger. If we, if we define ourselves by our successes rather than our failures, they make us stronger, not weaker. I love that. A good friend of mine, and I'm sure you know him, is Bob Proctor. One of the things he yeah. says to folks when they are looking to make that shift and that change is jump off the building and grow wings on the way down. <laughs> what would you say to that individual who says, listen, Ivan, I'm there. I want to jump off the building. I want to make a shift and a change. Maybe it's to go from a traditional job to become an entrepreneur and start my own business. Uh, maybe it's to, to up-level where I am today and go to something crazy. And you, know, you talked about setting goals and to really blow through that, that objective we set for ourselves. What would you say to that person? Well, listen, I'm always one that, you know, I believe you have to have a plan. So you have to have a plan for making that jump. Um, and at the same time, and this sounds almost contradictory, but, it, but it's not. Uh, I, I think, you know, a plan is just that. As soon as you take the first step towards the plan, it starts changing. So I have always believed that ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. <laughs> I love that. Well okay? put. Ignorance on fire is better than knowledge on ice. I would much rather have somebody who is on fire. They may not have all the answers, but they're, they're coachable, they're teachable, and they're excited rather than somebody who's really smart and doesn't care or isn't, is, is complacent, really smart, but is complacent. So I would say have a plan, jump off that roof and be prepared to alter your plan as you're going down. Uh, like you, I, speak, up, I, should say. I speak all over and one of the things that I ask a question of a lot of folks when I speak, actually every time I speak almost I ask this, this question, what is it that you really want? And most people's responses are the things they don't want. What's one thing you find generally that most people, um, the, the one thing they should be seeking out when they're looking to grow, to change, to improve? Knowledge. Absolutely. Uh, I think, and it's just, you know, this isn't a new idea. Benjamin Franklin once said, empty your purse into your head and you'll have something that no one can ever take away from you, knowledge. And I think what happens um, is, particularly, particularly in Western cultures, is that we've had so much success for so long that we've become complacent. We've become, we've become kind of fat and happy. And we see highly successful people and we want to be there and we want to be there right now. And we don't have the patience uh, or the willingness to really learn. And I don't mean, you know, go to university and get a graduate degree to learn, although that can be a great route. 
um, certainly the route I went. I know some young people that are self-taught and taught with programs on YouTube of all things, and they're brilliant, and that's great. But you kind of you kind of invest time in learning. I've, I've been to countries throughout Asia, and they don't have a great uh, education system, but they are sponges for learning, and they are knocking the socks off of businesses in Western cultures because their ignorance on fire and they're immersed in a culture of education. So I think that's one of the things, particularly in Western society today, that we could relearn. We were there. We had it. And I think we're, we're, we've lost the grasp and it's time to get a hold of it again. Do you think that it's, it comes from, uh, especially in Westernized, you know, United States, Canada, UK, Australia, whatever, the, it, there's an attitude of entitlement because of that long-term success we've experienced? Yeah, I think it comes because uh, we look around us and we see wealth and success and big homes. And we think, you know, why, why don't I have that? I should have that. You know, they have it. I want it. Uh, I had somebody once say to me, this is not, I'm not making this up. The per- person, he, he stood in front of my house and he looked at my home and he said, wow, you're lucky, really lucky. And I said to him, I can tell you how you can be this lucky. Now, you don't have to do necessarily the exact same things, but this is how I got this lucky. He said, yeah, tell me. I said, I went to 10 years of school, got three college degrees. I worked 60 hours a week minimum for 20 years. I wrote 10 books and mortgaged my house twice If you do, for the business. If you do those kinds of things, you too can be this lucky. And he looked at me and shook his head and said, yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Uh, he didn't get it totally did not get it that the secret to success without hard work is still a secret. Most people aren't prepared to do what it takes to get where they go. The American dream eludes them because we at some level, and I'm not sure why, believe it should fall from heaven on our laps. I say in my first book, yeah. you have to take the sofa seatbelt off if you want to get there. Yeah, I think the dream, the dream lives, but the ethic has, I don't want to say died, but it's been squashed a bit. It's been, the, the, the flame has been put out a bit, but that doesn't mean it can't come back. I have faith in, certainly in, in America and in Western society. I, I believe it can come back and it comes back with a recognition that we have the power to do this. Uh, you know, if, if other countries can, can learn from us, we can learn from them, and we can learn from ourselves. And we have to understand that it takes hard work to get back up there. And, and you're right that uh, a sense of um, complacency and, and entitlement, and the only thing you're entitled to is uh, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The rest is on you. 100%. One thing, there's, a, there's literally thousands of people are going to hear our, our conversation today. One thing that you'd like to leave with those people that they can wrap their head, heart, and hands around when we finish this conversation and they can go implement today. Absolutely. I'll give it to you. And, and for anyone that would like to visit a BNI chapter, please uh, go to BNI.com. And my blog that I mentioned is IvanMeisner.com. Here's the one thing I'd leave everybody with uh, in relation to networking. I believe... And the most important thing I've learned in running the world's largest networking organization for 32 years is that it's not what you know or who you know. You know, the expression is not what you know, it's who you know. It's not what you know or who you know, it's how well you know each other that really counts. It's all about building relationships, and that's the way you build a network. I love it. 
At the top of the show, I mentioned that you're an author of multiple books. Uh, you mentioned a moment ago uh, your blog and uh, BNI chapter. There are tons of them all over the place. Uh, if they want to get copies of your books or anything like that, where do they go? Uh, most of them are available at bookstores and, of course, on Amazon.com. My latest book is called Avoiding the Networking Disconnect, uh, and uh, that's uh, available uh, at Amazon. Dr. Ivan Meisner, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an honor, pleasure. This is Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us again in two weeks for another episode where we will talk with someone really incredible about what it takes in the sales side of things in your business. Listen, every business is a sales organization. If you aren't selling, you aren't in business. Go to our website, yourresultsradio.com. Grab yourself a copy of the Results Journal. I'll see you all then. Have an incredible day. Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal. Journal.